G'day and welcome to The Ground Between Us, a podcast from the Royal Agricultural Society of New South Wales, where we discuss the country and the city and everything in between. I'm your host, Murray Wilton, General Manager of Agriculture and the Sydney Royal Easter Show. Today, we're going to be joined by several inspiring individuals from across New South Wales who have been selected as the 2021 class of the RAS Foundation Rural Scholars. Students in regional areas often have to relocate in order to study, leaving behind the support of family and friends and feeling torn between their education and their obligations. The RAS Foundation is the charitable arm of the RAS. It was established in 2007 to enhance educational opportunities and help build strong, vibrant rural and regional communities in New South Wales. Over this period, the Foundation has offered nearly 600 scholarships to students. Now, stay tuned till the end of the episode to find out how you can apply for a scholarship and join the 2022 class. But first, let's wind back the clock and welcome one of our recipients from the class of 2021, Sally Judson. Sally, welcome to The Ground Between Us. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, home is Bogan Gate. Now, for those listening that don't know where Bogan Gate is, can you, can you give us a bit of an idea? Yes, of course. So Bogan Gate is out in the, um, the, the great land out near Parks and Forbes um, in central west New South Wales. As we speak now, uh, I believe you're in the big smoke. You're in Sydney getting COVID shots. Yes, I'm currently in Sydney and I just had my second shot this morning. So feeling nice and protected. So you've got to go home and isolate for 14 days, but I'm assuming that what too bad considering what how much space you've got to deal with. Exactly. We're very lucky out um out in out in the regions and I'll be isolating for 14 days to make sure that um yeah everything's safe and everything's I'm not posing a risk to anyone. Um but yeah really looking forward to it. And um it'll be great to be back on the farm um out out west. Tell us about Sally Judson. Um, she's from Bogan Gate and she's just had a COVID vaccine shot. What else, what else can you tell us? <laughs> yes, yes, Murray. Um, so I'm I'm a fully vaxxed young person and I'm from Bogan Gate and I'm currently studying um, a Bachelor of Arts and Laws at, the, at Sydney Uni, um, majoring in Australian history. Um, and I'll be graduating in December 2021. So at the end of this year, which is very exciting. How wonderful. Australian history. Um, You're you're the first person I've met that's ever studied Australian history. Really? (laughs) I I think we're we're very lucky in Australia. We we have a very very rich history and very rich cultural fabric, but um, I think often we forget about it and, um, yeah, often I think people overlook how, how detailed our past is. Tell us, tell us about, um, we'll find out more about you in just a moment and also the, what you're studying, but um, you're a scholarship recipient through the RAS Foundation. How did you find out about the scholarship? So, Murray, back when I was younger, I actually did a lot of horse riding out around Bogan Gate. Um, <laughs> and I was, yeah, I in all my spare time after school, I'd just jump on the horse with my sisters. And we did a lot of riding and went to, rode at the local Forbes Pony Club. 
and we did lots of gymkhanas and used to ride at the local shows, which was really really good fun and one of the older girls she actually finished high school and went away to uni and I first learned about it through her because she was very fortunate to receive a scholarship for journalism and yeah basically she told us how fantastic the opportunity was and how much it helped her moving away from home to go and study journalism and she's now a journalist in the bush and has been for a number of years which is so fantastic so how's the scholarship going to help you out i mean studying at sydney uni is not cheap (laughs) you're not wrong you're not (laughs) wrong and um particularly murray the scholarship has been so helpful in terms of general costs and you know that come about through studying and especially in a law degree the textbooks are very expensive i never knew a book could cost so much so (laughs) (laughs) i i used to sometimes be a bit cheeky and didn't buy the necessary textbook and it definitely does make a difference when you have the proper materials and yeah I've been very fortunate this year I've been able to buy all the relevant textbooks and it makes a huge difference to your learning when you've got those materials but I'm extremely grateful it's been a well, huge well done help. well done on, on on getting the scholarship you're studying and residing in the city but you're from Bogan Gate so you've got a real understanding of regional Australia and also Cap City um, you know we always unfortunately hear those dreadful stories about people that work in agriculture in regards to drought and floods and fires and and everything else but now we've got this COVID overlay certainly affected people in the city have you have you seen the ripple effect out to regional New South Wales? Yes, so Murray, I think um, it, it's been really interesting. Um, I think COVID, it's been a really challenging time for everyone and has posed, you know, lots of new challenges that we've never faced. However, I think for country communities, I think they've been extremely resilient through it because they're already so, um, I guess you could say, used to dealing with change, especially living through droughts, you know, droughts and floods and fires and We've got really strong communities. My hometown, we've got such a strong, you know, close-knit group of people and we really know how to pull together when it counts. And I think it's really shone through how well, yeah, country communities, you've got that resilience and it's still been challenging, but I think especially for farmers, they're they're used to working in isolation. So I think it's almost business as usual out there at the moment, apart from, of course, everyone's locking down and being very cautious. But I think, yeah, I think COVID, whilst there's been a lot of challenges, it's also shown there's been a lot of opportunity for the regions. And even people in the cities are looking, looking out bush now for, you know, new opportunities and even, you know, a tree change and, I think it's a really exciting time because people are able to see how what what the regions have to offer and maybe after COVID we'll see a lot more people moving out that way and bringing skills back out to the bush, which is really exciting. Um, a, a lot of my friends who live in, in, in regional New South Wales and are on properties, they talk about some of the, 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 the tough things in regards to COVID, but they said also in a funny sort of a way, it's strengthened local communities um, and it's made people more reliant on Australian-made products. And yeah, they, that's a good thing. Definitely, yes. And I think it's, yeah, made everyone realise how important it is to have those that manufacturing capacity. And 
Another opportunity that it's brought as well is, um, you know, working remotely. So traditionally, a lot of young people, if they were going away to the city to study or to work, you know, they'd have to go to the city to do that. But now um, I've found with, with Sydney Uni, I've been able to study from the farm and also, you know, complete internships at law firms, corporate national law firms, and be working from the farm, which is fantastic. And a lot of other young people from the bush are finding that as well, which is really exciting. You're majoring in Australian history. Are you going to write the history books for us now? What, what will we be saying about this time in 60 or 70 years? Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> I, 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 could, I couldn't tell you the answer there, Murray. <laughs> But I think, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll depend on how, how we manage it all. But I think I'm confident that we'll pull together, you know, and keep, keep on keeping on. And hopefully, I think it's going to be an exciting new chapter for regional Australia and rural communities. I, I'm very confident that there'll be an exciting chapter coming on. You mentioned the word exciting. Can I ask you Australian history? I mean, look, I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated by Australian history, but you're the first person I've ever spoken to that's formally studying Australian history. In all of the Australia's history, what, what area do you think is the untold story? What do we not know enough about? That's a really tough question, Murray. Um, I would have to... That's two in a row. That, that could be that could be a book in itself or multiple volumes in itself. I think the great thing about Australia is we've got such a diverse history, you know, and there's so many different things you can focus on and look at and so many, yeah, so many different areas. Uh, yeah, a big passion for mine is the history out in the regions, um, that's for sure. And, you know, we've got we've got so much history ranging from Indigenous history through to, you know, modern innovation and all sorts of a whole plethora of topics. We could, yeah, you could go on for days, for years talking yep. about it. <laughs> no, you could. You could indeed. Listen, it's a delight to talk to you and hopefully we can do it again face-to-face when all this nonsense is over. But all the very best and congratulations on, on getting your scholarship through the foundation. Thank you very much, Murray, for your time. I really appreciate it. And look, I'm happy to say that Brad Chapman uh, joins us on the program all the way from a place that I've never heard of called Fine Flower. How are you, Brad? Good, good. And, you, and yourself? Yeah, very well. You, you're going to have to tell people that are listening where Fine Flower is. So, yeah, um, so Fine Flower is um, about an hour and a half northwest of Grafton. So we're, you know, the Rivers region. Lovely little spot, little small farming agricultural community. Not a lot here, but yeah, the community that's here, it's a... um really close-knit community that's, you know, we're all pretty close together. We all rely on one another. You're the recipients of one of our, our scholarships at the foundation, and, and I believe you're studying education. What direction within education are you going to take? So I'm, yeah, doing secondary education, majoring in history and minoring in business. Completion of my degree, I'm in my second year at the moment. At the completion, I'm hoping to um, get back out into regional communities and, you know, stay in that circuit and continue doing that. Why the want or the need to go back to a regional community? What's what's pulling you that way? There's a few yeah, a few different answers to that question, but I um one I'm you know born and raised in yeah here in Fineflower you know just out of Grafton I'm not comfortable I I enjoy this I enjoy this rural lifestyle I enjoy the rural communities that's a big draw card to me I'm at university down at Newcastle and um I love the campus I University of Newcastle and just you know the whole Newcastle city that's not even Sydney you just feel a bit claustrophobic you know these concrete walls I enjoy 
you know, communities, you know, out, you know, trees, grass, you know, just be able to see the blue sky. And it's, that's, that's one big thing. And um, also going through rural communities, uh, well, going, yeah, rural communities and going to rural schools, going back out to those, um, yeah, these communities, these places. And after having education, you don't want a bad mouth. It's, you know, some of the teachers I had, they were probably, bit, you know, the older, you know, older age and that's, yeah, it's, it's, you get what you get, but you know, you know, someone a bit younger and someone be a bit... <laughs> the scholarship from the foundation, um, how is that helping you on a day-to-day basis? It's amazing what it's done for me on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I said second year of uni, yeah, an hour and a half out of, um, out of town. I couldn't, you know, during high school, I couldn't you know, work a normal weekend or after school job. It just wouldn't fit into our time, you know, time frames and everything. It was just, you know, practical. So I went to university on a, a very low, near to nothing, you know, bank account and you know this scholarships helped me you know immensely it's you know help me computers and textbooks and you know with careful budgeting as well and it's yeah it's really it's just put me in good stead for things that I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to have that I you know I have access to now and it's you're not you're not out of left place. You've got a foot in both camps you've got you know your foot in Newcastle City and you've also got your foot in Fine Flower. Uh, COVID has has gone right across the nation and impacted everybody but have you noticed that people in Fine Flower deal with it differently than people in Newcastle? No, no, not really. I know people. One of there's um people. I've not, I know people personally that have both been um they've got their first or second jab. They're in Newcastle, and there's some people here in Fine Flower also that have, um that have you know, that have had their first or second jab. I wouldn't say there's a no. I wouldn't say there's a big difference. Some people out here, we you know media and you know news and that kind of stuff. We it's all radio broadcasting. We're not we haven't got this. We're not hearing Gladys's announcements every every so many hours. It's always you know the end of the day or something. It's you know, what people are saying on the radio. So I guess a bit of miscommunication there, maybe possibly could be a bit of a thing. But I wouldn't say no. How big a problem it is, how big a concern it is. You know, not just global, you know, you know international and also smaller communities. Everyone's aware of that. People have had. I've seen no people here and in and in Newcastle that have had their jabs. But I wouldn't say there's a big difference. No, Brad, you're starting education, which you're going to finish pretty quickly and that's just around the corner but you're also got a you know heavy involvement with history how do you think these times are going to be recorded in the history books how do you think people are going to be taught about it and told about it in years to come really good question it's something i guess i haven't given up haven't given a lot of thought to but i think it's yeah well it's uneasy times now but looking yeah looking back in the future you know looking back to now it'll be a time that you know we need a lot of explanation involved in it it wasn't as what you know there's the black death was you know caused a lot more you know a lot more casualties but it might be held in that regard it's just i think it's also a good example this um the virus how quickly it spread or the COVID 19 was um how interconnected our whole our whole world is how it just something like this can you know just can spread like wildfire from you know, it's po- it popped up all over the place so quickly i think from me and just you're looking back you're a good example of you know how connected as a world we are the, some of the consequences of it you know how quickly it's all spread can i ask you to put on put the crystal ball out focus on the education side i've got two boys that are going through school at the moment i went through school many many years ago and the way that children are taught today was very is very different to the way that i was taught i just wonder whether or not with the use of technology and remote learning and and ways in which we communicate these days um, do you think education is still got the sting that it should have in regards to preparing kids for the outside world? Education's come a long way, probably in the last, you know, for, especially from when I started year seven to when I finished year twelve. You know, giving them that kind of a twenty first century skill set, creative thinking, skill thinking, a lot more. I know when I was in year ten, 
my brother does an elective called um, STEM, which is, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, I think it is. When I was in year 10, that subject wasn't even offered to me, where, yeah, my brother's now in year 10, and he's doing, I think it's the most select, I think if that subject has most students in it at our school. Like, I think it has come a long way. I think we're starting to realise that we need, yeah, more kids need to know these 21st century skills, you know, computers, engineerings, this kind of stuff, because this is the future. This is where we're going. We're not, we're not going to go backwards from here. On that note, and this will probably be a good way for us to finish, you say, you went, mentioned the words future and moving forward and no going back. Can I ask you what the future looks like for you in regional New South Wales? Everything I've been blessed with, especially this scholarship, has put, I guess, a good position to, um, first of all, you know, complete my degree complete that and then move out these regional areas. And I love the you know regional communities. I love, you know, the sporting teams. I love, you know, the barbecue after a football game or a cricket match. And the, I, do, I love that kind of things. And that's what my dream is. That's what my hopes are. When I finish it, I'm lucky enough to, if it's not here at Grafton, you know, it could be, you know, even further out west, just somewhere regional where there's just a, you know, a strong sense of community and, you know, want and just, you know, people that, you know, just knuckle down. You know, what I've seen, especially from Newcastle to Fineflower, some people have probably a bit of a different mentality. That whole, the whole mateship and community, you know, regional communities might be a bit different to places like Newcastle. And I, I love and I thrive off, you know, that mateship and that you know, community involvement. Listen, it's great to talk to you. I know you're on a sat phone, so we apologise for dragging you, you know, away from the paddocks and, and also from study. But congratulations <laughs> on the scholarship. It was a lot to talk to you. Yeah, Andrew, thank you very much. I haven't got a bad word for the scholarship. They're a lot for me. I'm sure that a lot of the other recipients that have been involved and I'm, yeah, blessed to be a part of it and involved. And I'm happy to say that uh, Chris Mills joins us on the program. How are you, Chris? Uh, COVID times doing this via Zoom. Yeah, um, not bad, thanks. It's been an interesting experience, honestly. You were telling me before we spoke that you're one of the lucky ones. You're still at Tokau and you're boarding there full time, but I believe home is what, a little bit closer to Sydney. Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, I can't actually won't be able to get home at all for any kind of holidays or any uh, visits to my family. But um, it's not so bad. I've just able to stay here at the college, get my work done. So I'm happy about that. You grew up in, in Galston, but originally from, from South Africa. So you're in that Hawkesbury Barara precinct, which is semi-rural and I, I reside in the same area. It's a, it's a fantastic place to be. Is that where the interest in agriculture came from? Um, yeah, when, uh, it mainly started when I was in high school. I got introduced to my ag teacher when I was in year seven and the, the way she talked about agriculture and the way she talked about what it actually does for people just really inspired me to go into it. And that's always been what I wanted to do since I was, since I started high school. So, and yeah, like, as you said, the semi-rural scenery has further cemented that interest. What was the key thing that say agriculture is what I want to do for the rest of my life? More so the just connection to the land that it has, the dependence on the environment, but also now in modern times, the environment's dependence on it. For me, that realization and that knowledge that out agriculture, we wouldn't have much of an environment without the environment, we wouldn't have agriculture. That realization just made me want to learn as much as I could and just do as much as I could to be part of that. You're at Tokal at the moment, which I'll, I'll talk to you about in just a moment. You're one of our, our scholarship recipients. How did you find out about the Foundation Scholarship? Well, our student welfare officer, Lakin, she uh, sent us a bunch, she sent us out some messages for students who were applying for scholarships. I didn't really know much about the Tokal scholarships and looking at a lot of them, I didn't see myself as being eligible for the criteria. But when I, when she 
sent through to me the RAS uh, scholarship. I looked at it and I saw it was about people who wanted to contribute to RAS, pretty much just how I found out about it. You know, you, you got a bit of cash now in your back pocket. What are you, what are you going to do with it? Hopefully um, not down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately. My, my parents, we've been, uh, they were pretty hard hit by COVID and like 100% of the scholarship money has gone into my fees this year. It has honestly been so amazing because I can actually afford to pay for something as good as this course and I don't have to put further financial burden on myself or my parents. It's honestly been such a massive help in that. How are mum and dad coping during COVID? You just mentioned that they got hit pretty hard. Uh, well, my, my dad had to take a pay cut. My mum, who ran a home studio, she had to completely stop her classes. It destroyed my mum's business. She couldn't bring any income in. My dad, he took a mess, had to take a pay cut. So it was trying to pay mortgage, trying to uh, keep food on the table. It was, it would have just been too difficult to do, to also pay for my college course. For the future generation of agriculture, you've, you've just started it. And I'm sure you're aware of all the annual ongoing issues that people in agriculture have, and that's, you know, drought and floods and fires and plague. Yeah. COVID's put the icing on the cake from someone like yourself on the outside looking in. Where do you think COVID sits in regards to the way that it's affected agriculture as opposed to Mother Nature's natural disasters? I think COVID has, from what I can see, it's changed the way a lot of people in agriculture think about how where their supply lines are and, you know, like where, where their business are. Because I know, like... Um, at Tokyo, we've had to we've had to cancel orders when we're trying to ship, like uh, send some steers off to market because COVID shuts down the borders or it shuts down local government areas and we can't we we just can't get a truck and so it's changed the way and it's I think it's made a lot of people think that instead of trying to sell their products or their whatever they are selling across a wide range of the state instead of trying to think more locally I've seen a lot of different businesses the dairy and the hunter that has brown swiss cows and they exclusively sell their milk in the hunter so it's I think in, on that front it's changed the way we think about just how we sell things it was interesting I was talking to somebody the other day that's involved in agriculture and despite all the issues that a lot of people are having with COVID they've almost replicated exactly what she said it's made us more aware from an agricultural perspective locally and to support Australian made and rather than relying on the imports of, of, of products which I think is a good thing don't you yeah absolutely how many um, how many have you got in your class at Tokyo I think in certain significant three this year i think there would be about um give or take roughly 50 students the biggest cert three year that they've had in a long time there's a real growing interest in regards to, to agriculture from an educational perspective you must have your own views on what you're going to do when you leave and when you qualify have you got thoughts yeah. on how you might go about that and have you got i suppose thoughts in the back of your mind and the ways that you'll tackle agriculture maybe differently to, to, to what other people have done over the years. What, I, what we've been like learning about at Tokal is just safety is paramount. Like you, you and you alone are responsible for it. So like, and it's the same thing when it comes to like stock movements, for example, like instead of just boring into a mob of cattle, you instead, because you do that and they'll just spread all over the paddock and, you won't, and you'll have to spend more effort getting them. You instead are looking at moving them slower, using their, like thinking like a working dog pretty much. Instead of running into them and snapping at their heels, you just, you hang around and you move them. Just turn their head and then they move whichever way you want them to go. And I found that, especially in the safety front, it's just tiny, simple things as well. Like just checking that there's no kinks or frays in your, um, in your, in your hydraulic uh, hoses. Such a simple thing can save 
it can save a life, literally. Agriculture and farming. I mean, it's 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 one of the oldest careers in the world. Without it, you know, we don't eat. I mean, it's it's pretty simple stuff. Where where do you see agriculture heading in Australia? In Australia, I see agriculture being put into like a very significant position because as people are moving away from like traditional sources of power, like coal, for example, farmers who have tracts of land or areas that are not being able to be used. They can be, instead of being used for grazing sheep, they can instead have solar panels put onto them or they can take a river system, like just a small one and offset some of the flow, power a pump or a, a hydroelectric thing. And I can see it happening that instead of farmers being buying from the grid, they instead are selling power back. And on top of selling power, they're selling their produce and they're selling, supporting the nation in another way aside from food. And what about yourself? What area do you want to step into under that agricultural banner because the availability of careers is is just endless now in that space oh absolutely it is it seems like every single day i get it posts on the tocal uh, alumni page or there's updates from facebook groups advertising jobs and me personally i'm not so much uh, dairying or um, chickens but i am extensively interested in the meat sheep and beef cattle and those have been the two industries that i'm incredibly interested in going into it's wonderful to meet you and it's and it's a real delight to talk to you even the circumstances now during COVID can I ask you before we go any advice that you've got for somebody that maybe is your age and they're considering a career and maybe agriculture is not something that's even crossed their mind is there any any wealth of knowledge that you want to pass on to them well I'd say just go for it because even if you end up not wanting to go into agriculture or you end up not wanting to own a farm or be a farmer the skills you learn from that is boundless and it has multiple applications, like even like basic veterinary skills. I didn't know before I came to Tokal that to treat bloat, like minor bloat in cattle, all you need to do is put some cooking oil down their neck and it'll settle their stomach. And it's the same thing like um, driving a tractor or a side-by-side. It has increased my personal driving skills and my awareness on the roads tenfold. And it the same thing applies learning how the animal works, learning how nature works, being able to see the seasons. It's just amazing. And I cannot like stress it enough. Just go for it. Because if you don't, like, you never try, you never do. Good on you. Some great words. Good to meet you. Look after yourself. And once again, congratulations on your scholarship. Thank you. Good to meet you too. So if you or anyone you know you believe would benefit from being a rural scholar or you want to find out more information on how you can apply to one of the RAS Foundation scholarships, simply head to our website, rasnsw.com.au or click on the link in the podcast notes. If you want to ask a question on future episodes of The Ground Between Us, click on the link in the show notes to record your question or send a direct message to any of the official RAS social channels. This is Murray Wilson. Until next time, when I join you for The Ground Between Us.